Since 1995, Alabama's sports talk leader, Tiger Communications, proudly presents Sports Call. It's time to join our Sports Call crew as they discuss the latest headlines and happenings around Auburn and the entire sports world. To be part of the show, give us a call at 334-887-3401 locally or toll-free at 1-888-9-TIGER-9. We're taking phone calls all show long and want to talk about whatever you've got on your mind. And now, coming to you live from the loveliest village on the plains, Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show, Sports Call. Welcome, Auburn, into another week of Sports Call live on Tiger 95.9, the Tiger.fm, and the Tiger Communications app. My name is Ryan LaVoy. Today I'm joined by Brant Daughtry as we have a shortened edition of the program today as Borgard High School basketball will be coming up again right around 5 o'clock, so we'll be getting off air between 4.30 and 4.40 here this afternoon. But in the meantime, we, of course, have a lot to talk about as we get closer and closer to National Signing Day coming up on Wednesday. We'll continue to give you all the latest on Auburn's incoming recruiting class and some of the news and notes coming into it about 48 hours away from a lot of signatures for national letters of intent. Auburn did pick up a transfer in the transfer portal this weekend. We'll tell you about that. Also, Auburn picking up a big win on the hardwood as they defeated Southern Cal pretty demonstratively. We'll talk about that game and, again, just about all of our observations as this Auburn basketball team continues to push forward with great performances. And, again, if you want to give us a call today, 334 887-3401 locally or toll-free, one 888 9 Again, today is a short show. Tomorrow also will be a short show. So back-to-back Borgard High School basketball days here on Tiger 95.9, our last two broadcasts of 2023 for Borgard High School Athletics. So, again, we're proud to do those. So we'll be getting off air again between 430 and here these next two days. So go ahead and get your calls in. And uh, we'll also have best and worst of the weekend before we get out of here on this Monday as well. Ryan LaVoy, Brant Daughtry with you on this Monday. Brant, how was your weekend, sir? My weekend was pretty good. Uh, it was an easy weekend uh, before the Christmas time gets here, and, you know, a, a lot of things have to happen in a hurry. So, uh, yeah, pretty good, uh, relaxing, and, and fun to watch sports on on both days, I think. And Sunday especially, um, I'll talk about them more in the worst of the weekend, but my Atlanta Falcons were certainly unimpressive. Um, But Auburn was very impressive. I I think that's one of the best showings that Auburn's had. Um, Like you said, they won demonstrably uh, against a very, very talented USC team that even if they haven't put all the pieces together perfectly yet, they are still a very talented team. They have a bunch of lottery picks, and they have – the, the son of the best basketball player ever, so or arguably the best basketball player ever, wherever you fall on that spectrum. But uh, Auburn was able to just rip them apart, really. Uh, Auburn's offense remains incredibly impressive. This, this is a team that can really shoot, and they showed that off on Sunday. And I, I think that Auburn is in a really good spot for the rest of its non-conference schedule. Yeah, absolutely. We'll, uh, we'll start with Auburn basketball because, again, that was a impressive display uh, yesterday inside of Neville Arena. As the Tigers win 91 to 75 over USC, uh, a, a game that they controlled really throughout. Again, another kind of early good start for the opponent opposing team that happened in Indiana. It did not happen 
to as big of a degree yesterday. USC got a slight lead in the first few minutes. They only led for about two and a half minutes of the game, and then Auburn got to it and had varying leads. As, I mean, they, they got up to 20-plus point lead a couple times. Uh, USC could work it back down, but never really the result getting in doubt there uh, in the second half. And again, Brant, this team continues to just score – a lot of points I and mean, over a hundred against Indiana. Obviously, they were productive uh, in Huntsville, scoring over eighty against UNC Asheville, which is more as you expect. But then again, another ninety-point performance here against USC. And aside from really the App State game and maybe one more somewhere in there, uh, this Auburn team has continued to put up a lot of points, and they do it in a lot of different ways. They have their wins have all been really impressive this year. Uh, they've won. I think all of their wins have come by double digits up to this point, and you've gotten that over some teams that maybe they're not having great years, but they are very solid programs, uh, like Indiana. I mean, you, you dominated Indiana, USC. Uh, that, that's not easy to do with the history that those programs have. I think the most impressive thing to me is one of the reasons that they're able to score as many points as they are is they don't turn the ball over. Uh, between the two point guards over the last three games, 78 points, 25 assists, two turnovers – between Aiden Holloway and Trey Donaldson. As a team, Auburn has 62 assists to 18 turnovers since losing to App State. That's that's impressive. When you turn the ball over that little, it is – I mean, it's a whole lot easier to score points, right, when you just don't turn the ball over. And what, what was the game where they were almost at a program record? They had two turnovers the entire game. Yeah, it was the Indiana game. The Indiana game where it was uh, Jalen Harper – Shot, put up a three in the last couple of seconds, and if he hadn't, if he hadn't have airballed that three, then it would have been a, then it would have been a program low in turnovers for a game, for a game, or, or some some caveat like that. Uh, but I, I just think this team's playing really well. They're also shooting really well. This is probably the best three point shooting team we've seen a Bruce Pearl Auburn team have since that Final Four run. This bunch can really shoot, and when you can stretch a defense like that, it opens things up, and you're seeing the fruits of that as you continue to dominate uh, just teams that can't keep up with you. And, yeah, you mentioned the turnovers again. The point about the point guards is that you know that there's a scoring acumen in there with what Aiden Hallway is able to do from the deep perimeter, and he did that again against USC. He had a couple bombs in that one. And Trey Donaldson improving his overall offensive game. But when you don't turn the ball over, it is because your ball handlers are taking good care of it and mainly point guards. And so those two combine, Trey Donaldson and Aiden Hallway, on Sunday for, I believe, 22 points. Yep, 22 points, 11 assists, and just one turnover. If you get that out of your point guard position, uh, you're going to be sitting pretty more times than not. Because, again, when you compare – different teams and you compare last year's team it was just not going to be that clean or that efficient out of the point guard position um Wendell Green Jr. was more of a high volume player and Trey Donaldson has improved he is a better player this year than he was last year and that's to be expected he was a true freshman last year and 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 so what those guys are doing they're checking every box a point guard could check again they are scoring Okay, they're combining for twenty plus points. They are they are passing. They are getting others involved. That's double digit assists between them, and just one turnover. So the ball is not sticking. The possessions are not ending poorly 
when they have it in their hands, they are giving themselves opportunities to score all the way around. And that continues to get borne out, too, in just how many different players are impacting these games from a point standpoint. Uh, five more in double figures. Again, they're able to score these 80 and 90 point games with no one having to go off and have 25 or 30 points. I know Broom had a sequence where he did that two games in a row against Virginia Tech and Appalachian State. Heck, they lost one of those games. It was actually not a great thing to have one guy have to be a lot of your offense. And so uh, they have continued to really spread the wealth. The, the point guard position is is playing out exactly honestly, as as I hoped it would, as I think we all hoped it would. And again, I could also mention just the efficiency. Aiden Holloway, 5 of 10, 4 of 7 from 3. Trey Donaldson, 3 of 4. Not shooting a lot, doesn't need to. So again, if you want to to you know total on there, kind of keep tacking on the great things about the points, assists, and turnovers, again, the efficiency. So that's a combined 8 of 14 from your point guards. They are checking every box, and it's not the only game that they've done that. They've done, they did that in the Indiana game. They did it earlier in the season, some of these games. Uh, Donaldson continues to have really nice assist to turnover numbers. Holloway does it. Even when Holloway has a, a couple of off shooting nights, again, it's not really negatively impacting every single thing he does or everything that the offense does uh, because you have Donaldson picking up the slack there. And Brant, you noted to me before the show, you know, this is the third straight game that Janiah Broom's not played particularly well. And yet Auburn is scoring 104, 87, 91 during those time periods and that just would not have happened last year if one of your two best players is either scoring single digits or shooting what 414 in this one mm -hmm. again everywhere you look there is tremendous balance and depth in this team absolutely and to to that point even though broom is having a bad game i think dylan cardwell is on the best stretch of his career i think it culminated in this game but i, th I think he's been playing really well the past couple of games uh, got into double figures, a rare double-digit double scoring performance for Dylan Cardwell. That block on D Boogie Ellis's dunk attempt was kind of the highlight of the year so far. Um, he got a poster against LeBron James Jr. Not many people can say that, uh, and it, it's an incredible photo. If you haven't seen it, go look at Auburn basketball social medias. But Dylan Cardwell hanging off the rim, just kind of staring down at uh, at Bronny. It's really, it's really interesting the way that this team – we've talked about the depth of this team. Uh, a couple of times in here and how it's going to help and how we expect some of those minutes to get cut a little bit shorter as you get into better competition. And while that may be true, USC has a roster that has the probable number one overall pick, another All-American, and this, and like I said, the son of arguably the greatest basketball player ever. And they got ripped apart by Dylan Cardwell and Leo Berman. Like this, you, this is a team that is playing really well right now. USC obviously has not brought it all together yet. They are sitting at 500 now, I think, 5-5. Five and five. But still, just a, an incredible performance that this, this team plays so well together. They, they really understand each other, and I think we, we brought up the play of the point guards. I think the point guards are, yes, they're playing incredibly well, but it's also indicative of how well this team plays as a whole. You bring up Dylan Cardwell, who obviously has always been a fan favorite, and he's always been a high-energy guy. And he had one of his better weeks as a collegiate player. Uh, had at the career-high 11 on Sunday. Had, I think, six points with a couple dunks against UNC Asheville. And I think every single field goal was a dunk this past weekend. But I think what he's figured out is this. I'm as big as Janiah Broom, but I'm actually more athletic. Yeah. And – 
I'm going to end up in a better situation than the majority of bigs in terms of athleticism and size when you pair the two together. And so I don't have to make a nine-foot hook shot. I need to be aggressive around the rim. And that doesn't just go for defense. I think he's been aggressive defensively uh, for a long time, and that's why he's kind of gone back and forth between being a good shot blocker and then fouling a lot, just depending on the game and the opponent. But now offensively, I think he's starting to realize, like, yeah, okay, it's not going to be eight plays a game, but I can at least add a couple of baskets to the stat sheet by just kind of being stronger and using my big body to to beat out someone else down low and 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 get that dunk and get that put back or, or what what have you. And so I think that he, while it's not like there's one skill set that's completely changed about him, I think what is being unlocked in him is his attitude and his mindset about how he's going to use his size and athleticism. And, you know, he we're talking about how these point guards combine, you know, he and Broom combined for six blocks on the day. And so, yes, Broom was not overly efficient offensively again, four, 14, 11 points. He didn't even rebound particularly well with three rebounds. That's well below his average. But Cardwell ends up with five. And he ends up 11 points. So, again, if you're aggregating everything together, the two combined for 8 of 19, okay, that's not spectacular. But the raw numbers, 22 points, 8 rebounds, and 6 blocks. Again, when I put those two together, that ends up being a perfectly good position group for you. Because last year, Broom might have 17 and 8, but Cardwell might have 3 and 2. You know, or it it would work out about the same. In other words, so Cardwell is able to because it's just a little better. It's not like again, eleven points is going to be like here's National Player of the Year, here's SEC honors, and that sort of thing. But as a backup big, if you can get me eight to ten points, even if you get me six on three of three, but you block a couple shots and get five rebounds, that's exactly what you hope out of your big guy. So. Again, it's these starters are doing a good job, but it's also everybody on the bench is complementing what their starting counterpart does. And it's just it's an impressive team to me. Now I want to get into one more thing about the team before we get into our break, and this is going to be talked about, and it's becoming an ever louder conversation, and I'm now joining in too, that they are not ranked yet. Despite the analytics, the computers now moving Auburn into the top 10 in a lot of their models. And look, I will say I don't think they should be ranked in the top 10. That's not what I'm saying. I think computers are are loving it, and that's great, and that's awesome. Still people play the game, not computers. But I think that this team does deserve to be a top 25 team now. Now, again, whether it's 19th, 23rd, 22nd, 18th I don't know I'm again I'm not saying this is a top 10 team because still on the resume they've got wins over bordering NCAA tournament teams to teams missing the tournament you look at Indiana that could be an NCAA tournament team again they'd be on some sort of figurative bubble 10 games in Uh, USC was projected to be a top 25 team they're five and five so they're not a great situation Virginia Tech's a bubble-ish type of team so again these are decent wins they're not the win that maybe prove aha this is everything we think it is but they're decent wins Uh, the loss at app is clearly killing them in the polls I think if they had not lost that app game they'd probably even be in the top 15 they'd probably be pretty close I feel uh, to the 
uh, to, the, to the the computers just because of where Baylor has been. And Baylor did finally take one on the chin to Michigan State this past weekend. But Baylor had been undefeated and in the top ten prior to the Michigan State game. So that's your that that would have been your one loss. And I, I again, I would have think they would have paired Auburn right behind Baylor if they would not lost the app. But Brant, where are you on uh, maybe the eye test and? Where the what this team feels like to you right now nationally? I, like you said, the computers really love Auburn right now, uh, and, and it's great to be loved by the computers, especially the ones that predict the future, not just rank teams right now. Um, I think Ken Palm has them up at as high as ninth. I think uh, so. The, the computers do love Auburn. I I try not to get lost in the human rankings because humans are you know not nobody can watch every college basketball game, right? So some people are going to have. Auburn, I think Auburn was ranked as high in the AP as 13th. Someone ranked them as high as 13th, but other people just didn't have Auburn on their ballot at all. And so the, the human poll, uh, I'm not going to lose much sleep over it. I will say that I agree with you that if they hadn't lost to App State, then, um, then they probably would be in the top 25, knocking on the door of the top 15. I think the biggest thing holding them back right now, I don't believe any of their wins are quad one wins. They are... They, they have lost the two quad one games that they have played, even though they've both both been very close and not in their in their home stadium. They have lost both of those games. So, uh, I think that if Auburn continues to, I think when by the time we hit SEC play, Auburn should be ranked, assuming they win the rest of their non conference games, which I think that they will. Yeah, and and look, the good news is, as you said, some of it is predictive. So if the computers are proven right, Auburn will keep winning a lot of games. They'll do well in SEC play and it'll become kind of undeniable at that point it's still very early in the process but I just get the sense even Auburn's main account tweeted a, a brief frustration just yeah. saying all right yeah. uh, once the polls released so again I, I think that uh, there's a little bit of frustrated frustration building from the actual official polls not giving Auburn's much love but again as we said certainly the computers are the analytics are uh, and again if they end up being proven right Auburn's going to be in for a really good season and so far it's been a pretty fun non-conference slate we are going to take our first time out of the show when we come back we'll talk some football some transfer portal also uh, later in the show if we've got time have uh, seven bowl games to recap this past weekend bowl season underway there's a game on right now it's the most wonderful time of year for college football with the bowl season we'll be back right after this time out sports call tiger 95.9 We have your attention, please. Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? We're Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show. Hi, my name is. What? My name is. My name is. Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. Let's get back to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. Feel free to give us a call at 334 887 3401. Or toll free at one triple eight nine Tiger Nine.
Welcome back to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. Ryan LaVoy, Brent Dontry with you here on this Monday. Again, reminder that we've only got a little bit more than an hour left in our show today, getting off air between 4.30 and 4.40 as Borgard High School basketball has a broadcast coming up with girls and boys basketball starting just before 5 o'clock. And that will be that way today and tomorrow. So a couple of shortened shows, but don't worry, just in time for National Signing Day on Wednesday, we will be back to a full three-hour show for the remainder of the week. And we'll go ahead and tell you about next week's schedule, too. Again, of course, we'll be off for Christmas next Monday, being seven days away. Next Tuesday will be a best-of show. So no live show next Tuesday. Uh, we'll have a best of show. We'll throw in some interviews there in the last couple of months and that sort of thing, uh, and, and a couple of uh, fun segments. And then went next Wednesday will be uh, back to normal, full three hour show. So uh, the moral of the story: Mondays and Tuesdays here this week and next week looking a little different. Uh, back to normal each Wednesday, both this week and next week. All right. So Auburn football they try to get back to normal, replenishing talent and trying to get towards a top 10 recruiting class and get back towards the top of the SEC. Uh, they were able to pick up a, another transfer commit this weekend. Their second of the process, this one, Gage Keys, a 6'5", 280-pound defensive lineman out of Kansas. Of course, Auburn uh, with a couple of departures on that defensive line, mainly Marcus Harris, uh, who announced his intention to go pro last week. And so Auburn needing to fill some big shoes up there up front. Uh, Brent, what did you think of this and, and still the needs there up in the front uh, front four? Yeah, I still think Auburn needs to add some guys, uh, specifically pass rushing guys. Um, you've got some freshmen coming in, but I'm still wondering, do they want to – uh, try do they want to try and lean on two true freshmen in Jamonte Waller and Joe Phillips, or are they going to go to the portal and add just another edge guy, if for nothing else than to be the old man in that room? Um, but yeah, I think uh, replacing Marcus Harris with another 280 pound five technique, three technique, whatever he's going to play, uh, whatever's required of him in 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 that particular moment. Losing Marcus Harris is probably the biggest loss for the Auburn defense, I honestly think, outside of uh, the guys leaving the secondary, um, DJ James, Nehemiah Pritchett, and uh, Jalen Simpson all announcing their intentions to turn pro. Uh, but up up in that front seven, you're getting most everybody back except for the guys at the edge and Marcus Harris. So Marcus Harris, uh, you get a replacement from him. He himself was originally a, a transfer from from uh, Kansas. So you're going you're dipping back into that well. And uh, I, I don't I haven't watched Gage Keys very much. I don't know how good he is, but uh, hopefully he can fill that spot. Yeah, he is going to be a part of the depth piece there. I mean, looking at the numbers, it's nothing uh, to necessarily write home about. Although he did play a lot at Kansas, so. I'm not sure if, if that means that they are for sure not going to take another one. I, I kind of under the kind of under the the assumption that they would. Now there was again, uh, I think, important uh, bit of press conference item with Hugh Freeze over the weekend, where uh, kind of kind of confirming Peyton Thorne felt like confirming Peyton Thorne, their guy. I mean, obviously, you can't close the door on everything portal wise for next year for the. For whatever becomes available but also we've been talking a little bit about that and their portal intentions and, and certainly more of an endorsement for thorn for 24. yeah and that kind of s- surprised me i've said on this show a couple of times i think you're okay if you stick with thorn but if you find somebody in the transfer portal that you think does make a better option then uh then you would go with him but 
But Freeze basically said, hey, we're going to allocate our time and our resources to other positions of need. And I, I don't 100% disagree with that. What I do think is interesting is that he said that Peyton Thorne was one of the top returning quarterbacks in college football, which I don't necessarily agree with. But I think he's a serviceable quarterback um, with him. I, I think you're perfectly fine for what you want to do next year with Peyton Thorne. I think he's the kind of guy – uh, who can get you to where you need to be for what your expectations are in 2024? Uh, I, I do wonder what it, it. I do wonder what instant starters they're going to go after in the portal because for the most part, the guys they've gotten out of the portal have multiple years of eligibility left. You are kind of you, those guys are more building blocks for the future rather than guys who are going to contribute right away. So I'm interested to see the guys that you're losing on the offensive line and the guys that you're leaving in the secondary, how are those guys going to be replaced? Even though I think the answer for the secondary is you brought in a ton of guys last time out of high school, and I think that those guys in their redshirt freshman or true sophomore seasons are going to be asked a lot of in that secondary. And, of course, finally had a more of a relevant wide receiver departure too yeah. uh, with yes. Javarius Johnson this past week. And uh, that could be Lewis out of Georgia State that ends up uh, playing a lot there could just be all uh, a bunch of Jay Fair and, and maybe some Caleb Burton and, and guys guys like that too and obviously Auburn's trying to bring in a lot of receivers too so it could still be a mix but that was the first guy of, of production uh, that had, had departed there at that position yeah the, the, when he announced when uh, Johnson announced his intentions to enter the portal that was the first one that really made me raise my eyebrows because he was Auburn's best receiver this past year in, in terms of production and uh, I, I think just overall, I think he was the best one on the roster. So for him to go say, hey, I'm going to go play my last year of college football elsewhere, that's a big deal uh, for, for Auburn to lose a guy like that. So hopefully, I, I mean, we, we talk all the time, this por- this not just the portal class, Auburn's got a couple of receivers that are coming in the portal. Rivaldo Fairweather today announced that he was going to come back next year, which I is not super shocking, but uh, we've had the conversation around the office a couple of times. You would... Uh, with the way football is at this point, you would like for announce. You would like for every guy to announce that they are coming back, just to put any rumors to bed. Um, so I, I'm interested to see what the receiver core looks like next year. Uh, they've got four guys committed right now, obviously working on Ryan Williams. Uh, if you bring in, in five high school wide receivers, all of them pretty big deals. Then I, I'm curious to see how much all of those guys play. But losing Javarius Johnson is certainly uh, unexpected and a big deal. 334-887-3401 locally or toll-free 1-889-TIGER-9 to join us on the Orthopedic Clinic phone line today. We go to the Orthopedic Clinic phone line for the first time today. Anthony from Auburn. Anthony is with us. Anthony, how are you today? Doing good. And you guys? Doing well. You no, know, I, I uh, missed the All-Star game, but I did get a chance to see a few highlights. I, you know, I thought it was going to be on that CW network, but it wasn't. But that's what they advertised it on and uh, messed around and, and missed it. And I hate that. But like I said, I caught some highlights and uh, – I saw the big old Jamari Payne out of Lotra Poker, 6'2", 265 pounds, uh, messed around and got him a good sack in there, and then turned around a few plays later, uh, one-handed, uh, snatched the ball out of the air and pulled the thing down and ran over a couple people before he was tackled. Uh, one is Auburn University looking at him. I know that I've seen a couple of people talking about Jamari Payne. I don't know if he's been officially offered, um, but yeah, I'm, I'm with you. He's a, pretty, he's a really big player, uh, both in terms of his actual size and the impact that he makes on the game. I think Jamari Payne's going to go somewhere. I don't know if he'll go to Auburn or Alabama or whatever, but uh, he's definitely a name to look out for. You know, there were some question marks about him because he's at Low Chipoka or whatnot. I right, exactly. I questions about him. But, uh, you know, uh, Saturday, from what I can see in the highlight films, he held his own against the big boys because he was definitely out there with the best of the best. 
in the great state of Alabama this past weekend and, and to get an interception, one snatched it down with one hand. I mean, you know, it was like an eagle snatching a bear uh, off the ground and taking off with it. Uh, you've seen them highlights, uh, National Geographic or whoever, you've seen it. And that's what he did. Looked like a big bull running down that sideline. So he got, you know, he messed around and uh, got tackled or whatnot. But I, I tell you, you know, uh, I know he uh, had committed to Purdue and, and very well probably would sign with them uh, wins if nobody else could come around. But I just thought that, you know, after those highlights or whatnot, that perhaps somebody that might have had some question marks might have got the answer they wanted and then perhaps might want to offer a scholarship. Yeah, I think Jamari Payne's a really good player. I think the problem that he's facing is that he is a senior in high school playing defensive tackle, and he's only 260 pounds. Uh, the guys that you want at the higher level are going to be closer to 290 at least. So uh, I think that he is a little bit small. But I do think that he can go to Purdue and have a really good chance to stand out. Well, we'll see what he does up there. I mean, you know, they can get him up there and put him on that strength and conditioning program, put some more weight on him. Maybe they might move him out of defense again. I don't know. I mean, we'll see. But he looked like he was running pretty well for a big guy at 260. So maybe that defensive end spot might not, might not, uh, you know, maybe that might be the place for him at defensive end, throw another 20 pounds on him. Or better yet, let him stay at 260 and play at that defensive end. Sure. Yeah, no, we, we will see. So we, we'll find it out. But, uh, you know, hey, go to Purdue, Big Ten, and uh, I guess make it happen up there. Yeah, well, and in this age of portal, I mean, if he ends up showing out there, uh, then there's no talent where he could end up. I mean, I, with with all due respect to Purdue, if he if he has the kind of impact that you hope he has, you know, they'll there will be other schools calling at some point. You know, speaking of that portal, uh, I think I might have asked y'all this question before. I, I, maybe I hadn't. I don't know. But guys that are getting in this portal right now, I mean, if they're eligible, academically eligible right now or whatnot, if they get in the portal and get – with a team that may play in a bowl game the next four or five days, can they play in a game with the new team, or they got to wait? Uh, I, I don't, I don't see them playing in the bowl game. I, I don't know the the. I mean, is there a rule banning? Is what I'm saying. Is there a rule? Is there a rule stopping that? I, I would, I would think surely you, you wouldn't be able to do that. Uh, uh, yeah, someone would for sure. I, I guess not, but but someone would have tried to exploit that. I would think. I I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Well, I mean, we'll find out, but, I mean, you know, it's, we'll see. I mean, especially some of these uh, big-name players, some of these people that was starting quarterbacks or starting this with all-conference or whatnot, even All-American, even a position at one point to even get in the playoffs. But, you know, things fell apart towards the end of the season. Now they, you know, washed up, don't want to be with that team anymore and uh, decided to move on. So I was wondering, uh, would we see some of those people in, in these bowl games with, with these new teams that pick them up? Yeah, no. Again, I like I said, I don't have the exact language that that the rule might have or that sort of thing. But I would be under the the vast assumption that uh, that is not able to be done. And the second that it would be done, they would probably close that loophole because that that's not something that uh, that should be able to be happening. Well, we'll see. Uh, you know, I guess time will tell next two or three days or next week or or whatever. But. Uh... Because, we'll because, I, I mean, because Anthony, could you imagine? Could you imagine Florida State getting like Caleb Williams, like for for <laughs> one game? Like again, that that's why you can't you can't have that that stuff go yeah. on. Yeah, I mean that's true, but but I don't know. I guess ain't no rule against it. If it ain't, we'll see. But uh, yeah, that would be yeah, uh, that would be something there. But but uh, I tell you, uh, y'all just started practice right for the bowl game. Uh, I think so. I, I'm not positive to be honest with you, uh, but I I think that practices have started. And the bowl game is uh, what about five days after Christmas? I'll be honest. I honestly, I I have no idea. Hold on, oh. let me, 
Let me let me let me use technology to my advantage here. Okay. All right. Um. Dead I feel woefully underprepared. <laughs> yeah, you're supposed to know that. I, I am. Know. I am. That's on me. <laughs> Sorry, I was having to answer the phone. What was another? What was the question you had, Anthony? About uh, when the bowl game is, is it? Oh, the thirty oh, Auburn's Christmas? bowl game's the thirtieth. Oh, okay. Thirtieth. Okay, okay. Yeah. there it is. Yep, thirtieth against that, Maryland. Music City. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That should be a good matchup. If if Maryland can hold on to uh, the core players or whatnot, we'll, we'll see uh, what kind of. Uh, Offense to put on the field, see if they can light it up. I mean, they did uh, throughout the year at different times with some pretty good teams. So we'll see if they're still intact. If, if uh, Talia plays, I guess he's scheduled to play. I don't know. I don't know if he opt out or what he decided to do. But I, I get y'all heard anything? Yeah, as of now, I, he's still supposed to be playing. And I think that since he's a guy that does not have a, a lot of NFL draft stock, I think he's certainly someone that uh, would stand to benefit from playing in a game like this because, again, right. I think only the top guys that want to protect themselves from injury uh, right. would want to go there. And, and Talia having to be up there for four or five years, I, I think he will need to put on some more good tape for the for the NFL guys. Yeah, he probably will. But one more thing. The old Jacksonville State game, Cox, went on down to that bowl game. and They started out sloppy, gave away about 20-some points. Uh, I mean, in turnovers, uh, two interceptions for touchdowns and – Mess around and fumble that thing, put that thing on the ground, and then they scooped it up and scored. I tell you, Burge has been alive and coaching. He had a heart attack, but uh, they managed to uh, get it together there and and then fourth quarter and, and pull it out and, and got the first bowl victory uh, in the history of the program and forced that trophy up. You know, uh, I tell you, it's just certain something to see. Oh yeah, no, absolutely, and that, that was that's a big moment for JSU to be able to do that in their very first year in the FBS, and I was really glad that I, I know it was not for the right reasons. The NCAA did not make the correct decision, right. but I was glad that they and James Madison are getting the opportunity to play in the bowl game, and, and congrats to JSU for getting that first bowl win. You know, the NCAA did that to benefit themselves and the whole entire NCAA college football, but what happens next year, 2024, do they go back to being ineligible again and got to wait to 2025? Should they qualify again? I thought so because I thought it was a two-year it, it situation. Is the, first, the first two yep. years, yeah. Yep. I mean, that wouldn't be right. You know what I'm saying? I agree. They, no, they bail you out of a tough spot and help you make the money you want to make and keep everything good and keep the name of NCAA all wholesome and sweet. And then next year, should they mess around and make some noise and be in a position to play for a conference title or even make the playoffs for that goes, but yeah, won't be able to do any of that or go bowling or nothing just because of the rule. But they helped you out the year before. That's gonna leave a sour taste in somebody's mouth. Yeah, no, and I've I've thought that we I think everyone on the show has agreed with that for for years because it's happened a couple of times. There's been a, a handful of two programs coming up from FCS to FBS in recent years. I think Liberty was a recent example. Uh, two and uh, look i can understand it the other way if an fbs team is going down to fcs because you don't want an fbs caliber team even if it is a smaller team to try to go go down there and immediately win an fcs title with some fbs players but i don't see why you can't come up from the fcs go up to a harder level of the sport and then if you do well you can't enjoy the benefits of doing well in it that doesn't make sense you know, because now they won this bowl game. I'm thinking Rodriguez is thinking, well, okay, well, uh, I see what I got coming back next year. Because you're not going to probably have a whole lot of people hitting the portal. Or, I mean, at a school like JSU, small as they are, or whatnot, yet. Because, you know, but he's probably thinking, okay, I see what I got coming back. We got this coming in from a junior college. We're recruiting this out of high school. 
we may get a guy or two out of the portal or whatnot. And then he's game planning with assistant coaches, strategizing. Well, we may very well be in a position that we could probably might go undefeated or two or whatever it is next year in our conference or whatnot. Yeah. Yeah, it depends on what they have coming back. I do think that quarterback, what was it, Zion Webb, I do think he's out of eligibility. But they also played another kid uh, during that bowl game. Yeah, so he I, like he looked like he's more than he looked like he's more than capable. Sure. Yeah, I don't know what his uh his his status is. You know, and way up got him he's the one that got him in the situation they was in. He threw two uh interceptions that uh turned up points. Then they had that fumble or whatnot. So I mean I don't know. I mean, this is the first time I got to see him all year on T V because, I mean he was always on ESPN plus or ESPN U. So, but I don't know. I hadn't seen him all season, so I can't really say if he just had a bad game this one time or not. But I, I, from what I can understand with the announcers, Andre Ware has stated that they had been uh, swapping quarterbacks all year trying to find the perfect fit or whatnot and just decided to go way up at some point in the season. But both of them had been playing a, a good majority, uh, splitting the reps or whatnot. So sure. uh, we'll see. But the other guy looked like he was more than capable. Sure, absolutely. Well, guys, I appreciate it. Yes, sir, Anthony. Appreciate the phone call. That is Anthony from... Auburn joining us on the orthopedic clinic phone line there. we got a couple more calls to get to, but first we need to take another timeout. Again, a shortened edition of Sports Call on this Monday. We'll return right after this. To join our conversation, tweet us your thoughts on Twitter at SportsCallAU. I'm Corey Grant, former Auburn football and NFL running back, and you are listening to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. Welcome back to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. Ryan Lavoy, Brent Daughtry with you here on this Monday. Again, reminder that this is a shortened edition of the show. We've actually already got less than an hour left, and the shows will be getting off between 4.30 and 4.40 for Beauregard High School basketball. Again, that's coming up the next two days, so shortened shows both today and tomorrow. Let's go back to the orthopedic clinic phone line, 334-887-3401, locally or toll-free, one 9 tiger 9 Next up. Matt from Tallahassee. Matt is with us. Matt, how are you today? War Eagle! War Eagle, buddy. What's up, Brent? Hey, Matt, how you doing? Fine. Hey, did you guys hear... I, I didn't see, hey, Brent, I didn't see you or Brooks last, last night at, uh, at the game. Well, I wasn't there, so... Uh, you wouldn't have seen me. I thought... I, uh, I, I, I didn't see Brooks or Cam. I thought, didn't Brooks and Cam go? Yeah, Brooks and Cam did go. They were they were definitely in different places though. Cam's usually somewhere on the floor because uh, he's uh, his he's videoing. But uh, but yeah, they were they were there in different capacities. But hey, did you guys hear they booed LeBron James' son? Yeah, I, I'm sure they did some of that. Yep. 
And I and like Bronco goes like, why did LeBron not pull up? I heard LeBron had a game, I guess. But he said his wife. I didn't see his wife. Yeah, so Savannah, his wife, was there. Uh, LeBron uh, was at Lakers practice yesterday in L.A. They do have a game tonight. He could have traveled if he wanted to, but they were just in Texas. They had flown back to L.A., so that would have been a lot of travel to fly back out to uh, well, to Alabama. Yeah, you know, LeBron James was there. That would have booed him, too. Uh, maybe so, yeah. Uh, yeah, probably so. So what do you guys think about the player that Auburn got from Florida and then – uh, they got one of the players that committed. I think they got another player that committed Alabama. So, what do you guys think about those two players? The only player that I can think of that they got out of Florida was Jamonte Waller, who they flipped a while ago. He's a he's a big time edge guy. I think he's going to contribute early. Um, who was the other one you said? He's from Alabama. He committed Alabama. It's not it's not Cam Coleman. This is a different. This is a different player. Yeah, so I think you're thinking about Ryan Williams, the guy they are trying to flip. They have not flipped yet, and he will not commit yeah. until February. It's just all he was at Auburn's game yesterday, uh, and there's again been a lot of hype of Auburn trying to flip him. And I think the Florida guy you're thinking of is probably a Morris Williams, the four-star yeah, defensive yeah, lineman that yep. that is yeah. believed to be flipping to Auburn, but that will not be official till Wednesday, in all likelihood. Yeah. There's another Florida player that Auburn is trying to get, but I think he's going to stay at Florida. L.J. McCray, yeah. Yeah. So another thing is, I don't know if I asked this, I might have asked Brian this, but what do you guys think about Scott coming back? And then it's number nine for our, he played, I think, a safety or a corner. I can't think of his name, but do you guys know what I'm talking about? Yeah, at number nine is Eugene Asante as a linebacker. He's coming back next year. He's already announced, and I think that's a big deal. I think that Auburn's graduating so many guys, and so many guys are leaving for the NFL that on this defense that uh, if you can get back as many guys as possible, uh, that's a good thing, especially in that secondary. And that's where Keontae Scott coming in helps. He's going to move from uh, nickel to corner, and some different things are going to be asked of him. It's a little bit tougher. I think it's going to be a little bit tougher for him, uh, but I still think that getting Keontae Scott back, even even just for his ability as a punt and kick returner, I, I think is a big deal. Yeah. So, and, and I know that I know that Auburn has for they still they still got Peyton Thorne, they got and they have uh, Hank Brown, and then the new uh, the new quarterback in uh, White. So. Do you guys probably see Peyton Thorne probably the starter and then probably Hank Brown the second string or third string? Or who do you guys probably see probably the second string or the fourth string? Uh, I Yeah, Hugh Freeze has pretty much said that they're going to ride with Peyton Thorne. Uh, I expect that Holden Gurner and Walker White will compete to be his backup. And again, Hank Brown is, is pretty deeply buried on the depth chart. I think next year, a lot of practice is going to be deciding who's going to be the starting quarterback in 25 between Gurner and uh, between Gurner and White. So, so, so like, uh, what do you guys think about the Oregon Liberty game? And who's favoring that game? Oregon is favored by nine, I think, maybe ten. Uh, I, I expect Oregon to run away with that one pretty easily. Liberty is a really good team for what they are, but they have not faced anybody that that's anything like Oregon. I think Oregon's going to run away with that. I got, I got Oregon forty nine twenty three. 
And that 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 yeah. could happen, yeah. Or again, Bo Nix is uh, is going to be playing in that game. So they and then Auburn and then Auburn's favorite by how many points against Maryland? Uh, I'm not I'm not sure. I think it's a pretty. I think it's a closer line uh, than that. I think it's I think it's been a couple of points. I'll double check here. Yeah, two and a half points right now. Two and a half. Uh, I got Auburn winning by two two and a half. Uh, I say I say 48-45. 48-45. That would be the three points. That would be a lot of points in that game, but uh, certainly in the margin there could be the case. Well, I, well, I heard in Maryland, so like uh, my coach, like my friend in Dallas, he said Maryland they just throw the ball. They don't run the ball, and um, and says so. But another question, I know you guys, I know you guys got to get uh, go, but. Did uh, did the rankings come back from college? Is Auburn ranked out 25 in basketball, or what are they Yeah, Yeah, unfortunately, they're still not in the top 25. If you look at the vote totals, they would rank out 27th, so they're very close to being ranked, but they are not in the top 25. Okay. Well, hey, uh, Tom, I'm not, I'm, I know Tom is not there, so I'm not going to find him today. Um, and you guys, uh, I'll talk to you guys after Christmas. And you guys have a nice Christmas and happy new year and War Eagle. War Eagle, Matt. Merry Christmas to you and your family. Hey, hey, friend. War Eagle. War Eagle, buddy. All right. See you guys. See you guys. See you, Matt. That is Matt from Tallahassee. Matt for Auburn joining us on the Orthopedic Clinic phone line. Wish him and his family again a Merry Christmas. Again, we will not be having a show, obviously, on Christmas next Monday. Uh, we'll have a best of show next Tuesday. So again, that will be some selected segments and interviews from the past couple months of Sports Call uh, to put on there next Tuesday. Again, today is a shortened show, about out of time for this first hour. We'll have a, at least a half hour, if not a little bit more, in the second hour. And again, it'll be the same procedure tomorrow with Borgard High School basketball on our airwaves. The last two broadcasts. Uh, for Beauregard here in 2023. Of course, Smith Station basketball can be heard throughout uh, this winter on FM Talk 93.9. Brant Daughtry, of course, is the voice of Smith Station Athletics. Let's go. Uh, and the Panthers will be opening region play uh, very shortly in the month of January. So we'll have a lot of games over there uh, for Smith Station on 93.9. And, of course, over here for Beauregard on 95.9. Again, that is the end of hour number one. Coming up in that second and final hour, more of your phone calls on the Orthopedic Clinic phone line, as well as the best and worst of the weekend. You're listening to the Monday edition of Sports Call Live on Tiger 95.9. One hour of our show is in the books. We've got more to come. Stay tuned for another hour of Sports Call right after the break. Since 1995, Alabama's sports talk leader, Tiger Communications, proudly presents Sports Call. 
It's time to join our Sports Call crew as they discuss the latest headlines and happenings around Auburn and the entire sports world. To be part of the show, give us a call at 334-887-3401 locally or toll-free at 1-888-9-TIGER-9. We're taking phone calls all show long and want to talk about whatever you've got on your mind. And now, coming to you live from the loveliest village on the plains, Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show, Sports Call. Hour number two of Sports Call starting right now, Tiger 95.9. Ryan LaVoy, Brent Dontry with you here on this Monday. Again, a shortened show coming up. In about half hour or so, we will say goodbye. And a few minutes after that, Borgard High School basketball will be on the air. Girls and boys basketball tonight uh, starting around 5 o'clock. Uh, before we get to our next phone call on the Orthopedic Clinic phone line, I want to make a, another brief announcement today. Today's just been announcement day about schedules and everything. I guess it's that the end of the year. year. The end it of is. The year. And with it being the end of the year, we want to hear from you at Sports Call. Um, we had done this a couple times in years past. I don't think we did it the last couple of years. Uh, but we've posted to our website, to our Twitter page, to all of our social medias, a survey that we would really appreciate everyone filling out. It's only nine questions. Eight of them are multiple choice. A ninth is optional if you want to have uh, other feedback that we did not give you a question to provide for. So we really want to hear from you. This is going to be open for the next month or so, so you have plenty of time to get to it, whether it be here in the end of December or the first of next year. Uh, but again, I, I know that speaking for me personally, this being my first year as the host, I want to be aware of everyone's uh, criticisms, concerns, compliments, anything uh, positive or negative, and, and again, just want to strive to make this show even better in 2024. So again, you can find that uh, on our Twitter page at Sports Call AU, our Sports Call Auburn Facebook, the Tiger.fm website is going to be on there, uh, link to it there, and again, it, it will take five minutes maximum. Uh, it, it is just eight, eight or nine questions, and so uh, we just want to hear from you about some of the basics of our show, uh, like the timing, like the podcast, the subject matter, that kind of good stuff. So again, would really appreciate any and all feedback, positive or negative, uh, we uh, we are looking for that. And again, it'll be open for the next several weeks, so we highly uh, would appreciate that. Whether you're a podcast listener, a live show listener on the app, uh, on the regular uh, radio, just just whatever, uh, we'd appreciate any and all feedback for sure. Three three four eight eight seven three four zero one locally or toll free one triple eight nine Tiger Nine is how you can reach us on the Orthopedic Clinic phone line today. We go there now to start hour number two. Ward Dam Steve, retire Ward Dam Steve is with us. Steve, how are you today? Hey, good. It's Monday, guys. Yes, sir. And, uh, Britt, welcome back. I'm going to have you on the show as well. And I'll tell you right now, guys. I want you know. I'll do the survey. Uh, but I'm going to tell you right now, I'm going to uh, request on my initial comment a 20% raise for <laughs> all the staff. And if you that, a Christmas bonus. You guys have earned it. Yes, sir. Well, we certainly appreciate that. Now, do these survey responses go to management or the owners? Who does it go to? Uh, so it goes to us primarily at Sports Call, but management will also see them too. Okay. So I hope they actually uh, do the right thing. <clears throat> all right. Speaking of doing the right thing, guys. I'll start off with the lightning round because we haven't got too much time. So let's start lightning round number one. This quote, I loved it because I actually saw him on TV make a quote. Uh, 
And it was, I told you, if they played Afghanistan, I'd be pulling for Afghanistan. Charles Barkley. Yes, Charles. Uh, do you happen to catch uh, what they were talking to? I was, it was probably 10 or 15 minutes uh, during the broadcast, right? Yeah, no, I was so I had multiple things on, uh, so I was not hearing the audio at that time. Uh, but but yeah, no, I did see him on there and and uh, saw a few of his quotes. Okay. What a great you know uh, I guess uh, promoter he is uh, for anything related to Auburn University. So I'm glad they had him on there. Now about the team, guys, uh, it was a good win. However, in the words, it's not my team, but in the words of one of the uh, analysts on TV, now, he's a bald-headed guy during the uh, halftime break, he, he said about Auburn that they are, quote, a complete team. Yeah. Your, your thoughts, guys, on that comment? Yeah, no, I mean, again, we we opened the show a little bit talking about how balanced this team is offensively, and, uh, you know, they, they have played pretty acceptable defense. It's not been suffocating, but also their pace of play is going to allow for more possessions and that sort of thing. I think they've been fine uh, defensively. It has not turned out to be... Uh, the, the worry that Bruce Pearl thought it might be. Uh, even rebounding-wise, you know, again, I think they're holding their own. They're not dominating by any stretch, but they're holding their own. Uh, so those are some things to look out for, but certainly offensively they're complete. They have the capability of shooting well from the perimeter. They don't need that, though, to score a bunch of points. I mean, even, uh, you know, again, a game like USC to hit eight threes is nice, eight to 21 solid. Uh, but it's not like they had to rein in 15 threes to score 90 points. And so they got to the foul line a lot. There's just a lot of different ways for them to score. So certainly offensively they are complete. And so far they're doing a pretty good job on the defensive end too. Man, I'm really, really, really pleased with the low turnovers. I think what, what we had, seven or eight? Yeah, eight turnovers, yep. Yeah, uh, because I think the last time we played like 21 or 22, yeah, I don't remember the exact number against USC. I know it was sloppy, and I know last year's team uh, certainly did not take as good of care with the ball as this year's team has. Now, what I am surprised, and I know it doesn't really matter, but still, I said, come on, guys, who have you voted? We still didn't crack the top 25 guys in the AP poll. Yeah, and again, that's something else we spent a little time on in the first hour. And I, I certainly think that, uh, that they deserve to be there now. Uh, I think that loss Appalachian State has just really uh, kind of played in the minds of a lot of the voters uh, and, and the good news is, look, some of these computer metrics, some of them are what's happened so far. Some of them are predictive. And if, if Auburn continues to live up to those computers, then they will get it, get it to where it becomes undeniable. There's still a lot of time left in this season. Uh, and I think a lot of analysts, too. I mean, as you said, the, the guys at halftime, Jay Williams. Uh, I've seen uh, uh, Jay Billis even talk a little bit about some of these teams. I mean, I, and I think that I think Auburn's in it, getting in a pretty good uh place in terms of respect nationally and so I think it's a matter of time they keep take, can, taking care of their business I do think they'll get up there Right, I'm sorry, yeah, I mean yeah, I don't think it'll really matter, I said yeah, who are these voters, you know, they watch these games they watch them at all, but anyway uh, according to team rankings they want to use number 12 in the country and number 3 in the SEC and their prediction now for the remaining uh, season is surprisingly I, I was surprised by this 13 and 5 for the remaining games. Uh, five SEC losses, guys. Uh, who do you guess they have as losing the SEC uh, uh, games? I would imagine at least four of those five would probably be road games. Uh, maybe the, the home Kentucky game, if there was a home game, 
uh, in there. I would say maybe a loss like at Arkansas or something, at Alabama maybe. Uh, you know, other stuff. I mean, I, I, again, maybe Kentucky would be in there. Uh, I don't know, maybe a, a road Ole Miss game or something since Ole Miss is undefeated. Uh, the, the league yeah. is pretty deep. Yeah, well, I, I looked at actually their predictions for each game, and I couldn't find five. I only found three. Um, they actually have a favorite 63.5% favorability to add Arkansas. Uh, and the next one that we actually have uh, a, a losing percentage to win the game is at Alabama. Okay. Uh, 36.8%. All right. The next loser they have for us is um, at Tennessee. Okay. 37.5%. And uh, that's really about it. That was in the high 50s and 60s and 70s and 80s. Anyway, that's our projection. All right, moving on, guys. You know, it's too bad that uh, the uh, committee uh, for the playoffs couldn't be like the FCS playoffs, which they actually earn it, injuries or not. In fact, um, uh, Sir Charles uh, actually addressed that issue. He said, you know, I'll just, he said he's taken back the surprise that Florida State was left out because he said, what would you be doing, you know, uh, minimizing or actually downgrading uh, and being negative about a team who lost their starting quarterback instead of committing them that they went ahead and got defeated uh, with their, their backups. He said that ought to be commendable, not uh, you know, being seen as a negative. So I agree with him. But anyway, to make a long story short, uh, we've got the FCS playoffs. The championship is going to be coming up, uh, I guess, this weekend. South Dakota State is playing Montana in Frisco, Texas. Yes. And and those two teams are ranked, believe it or not, number one is South Dakota State, number two Montana on January 7th at yep. the Frisco, Texas, Toyota Stadium. Yep. And these teams earn it. They don't get any kind of committee to vote for them. I still have another student race. Why can't it be done the way the FCS does it? The FCS has a much larger pay- playoff field. Uh, they have way more than four teams. Uh, and in Division One college football, you've got way too many teams uh, for just a four-team playoff. That's the biggest issue is how small the playoff is. Okay. All right. Well, maybe 12 uh, will rectify some of that. All right, moving on, guys. Speaking of championship wins, uh, Texas, two in a row. Women's volleyball team, national champions, beat Nebraska. Sure. Yeah. Uh, big uh, time. So I didn't know they were this, this good. They've actually only won back-to-back. Uh, but they've actually won uh, four titles. Yet another uh, big-time program uh, that Texas brings to the SEC. All right. Now, moving on, guys. Christmas is two days away for Auburn. Right? I hope so. I hope so with the signing day. Yeah, I hope they can flip yeah. a couple more. These players are up for grabs. I want you to give me your best take of who do you think is the most likely. We've got five-star McRae. Who's a Florida commit, mm-hmm. and then we've got Bolden, a five-star commit, who says he's solid to FSU as of yesterday. But uh, uh, Jason Caldwell says, uh, "Hold on, it's not overdone." Uh, Mark Williams, he's a Florida commit, four-star. We've got Eccles, another four-star, and then we've got uh, Mr. Favor Edwin. Is that right? Yes, three-star. Of course, Ryan Williams, but that won't be announced until later on. Right. So, guys. From those top four there, how many do you think we will actually get committed? 
I think that Auburn will likely get uh, Williams uh, from Florida, uh, the four-star defensive tackle. Um, I, I think that uh, they'll get Amaris Williams there. Uh, with Eccles, I think that that is not as for sure as maybe it once was. I think the moment he decommitted from a and I, I think that Auburn was in a clear lead. Now I think that they are, are having a hot contest between them and LSU, LSU yeah. uh, right for Cohen Eccles. So that one I, I still feel decent about, but I think that, that is up in the air. I personally do not think that they will flip McRae or, or Bolden. Uh, I, I definitely, I think between the two, Bolden is more likely McRae. I, I just not, have not heard anything real uh, in terms of momentum from McRae uh, for Auburn. But Bolden, there's still, again, there's still some murmurs. I do think Georgia is still involved too, though. I don't think Auburn's the only one. Uh, that's truly got a, a puncher's shot at it. But uh, I do think they will land Amaris Williams. I think it's 50-50 on Eccles. And then, again, with those other two guys, I would say you know, anywhere 10, 20, 25%, somewhere in there. Okay. Uh, so if we get just two of those, I'd be, uh, I'd be pretty happy. How about you guys? Yeah, again, that would move them solidly in the top 10. I think it would accomplish a lot of their goals. And by the way, I think positionally – I mean, you need another guy like Eccles. I guess you brought up favor Edwin too, and I think there's some. I think that's an Auburn Alabama battle, if I understand that one correctly too. But again, three star guys. So, look, if if Auburn Alabama are duking out for a guy, you'd like to win that battle, but but not not as highly rated as Eccles, nor especially DeAndre Carter, who Auburn already has. So, uh, that that is something to watch too. But yeah, if they they're able to get Eccles, another line guy, able to get. Uh, Amaris Williams, who's another a defensive line guy. I think that's part of the weaker parts of their class right now. Obviously, they're great at wide receiver. They got the quarterback they want. They don't need a running back. Uh, they've been able to get an excellent linebacking class. Uh, gotten a, a few DBs. So I, you know, I, I think that offensive and defensive line is where you would want to add if you could only add in one or two spots. Hi, Brett. Hey, Your comments, thoughts on. Uh, over the weekend, uh, at least I read it over the weekend, from uh, Coach Freeze about apparently he's very, very comfortable and sees Peyton Thorne as someone who can uh, win a lot more games for him this coming uh, season. Uh, you guys thoughts on that? Yeah, I've said it before. I think Peyton Thorne is a perfectly serviceable SEC quarterback. I don't think he's going to win you a championship, but I also don't think that Auburn is aiming to win a championship next year. I think that Auburn can accomplish all of its goals, which I think is eight wins. I think it can accomplish that with Peyton Thorne. I'm kind of surprised that this early in the process, Hugh Freeze came onto a microphone and said, he's our guy going into next year. I thought the process was going to be, hey, we're comfortable with Peyton Thorne, but if somebody comes into the portal that can really help us, that is an obviously better fit, then go after him. But uh, Hugh Freeze is, is going to dedicate time and resources elsewhere uh, and I don't think that's a bad decision. So, uh, yeah, I, I think that Peyton Thorne is perfectly capable uh, as, an, as an SEC quarterback. Right? Yeah, I mean, I, I've, I've said it, I feel like, a, a few times throughout the last couple of weeks that Tom and I have had some back and forths about it for sure, and that, that's been the way the, the wind has been blowing for a couple of weeks. I think that ever since – uh, ever since Riley Leonard, really that was the only guy that I feel like Auburn made any sort of ploy at. And even then, I don't feel like they put even their best foot forward. I think that they were perfectly fine if Notre Dame was going to win that bidding war. So I, I think that they continue, as I've said multiple times, I think they've said to themselves that they're more than just a quarterback away. 
if they were just a quarterback away, I do think they would shift resources. But also going into year two, I think they like where the recruiting base is at. I think that they feel that there can be a natural progression over time and that does not have to be a home run year two. And so I think that, that again, you don't, add, you don't pull all those resources together to go for it in a year two in which you're probably more than just one player away from truly being able to go for it. Also, given that even though I think the schedule overall is pretty good, you still got to go to Tuscaloosa and go to Athens. Those are very tough propositions. You would have to be perfect the rest of the season uh, to make the playoffs. So I, I, I'm i okay with this. I know it may not sit great with some. You will have to throw the ball better to appease this wealth of wide receiver talent that you've got going on. I think that would be the most important part of it next year. But – uh, again, I, I, I certainly understand this line of thinking. I think that as long as they keep recruiting the high school ranks the way they are, that it justifies this decision. Yeah. You know, uh, I'm wondering, Coach, we don't know, is he just settling for Peyton Thorne because they don't think they can get anybody else, or is he really that confident in Peyton Thorne? Because then I read from Ryan Williams, I don't know if it was actually his uh, posting or not, um, but apparently someone posted and said that he made a comment of guarding Auburn that he wants to play for a team that sends their wide receivers to the NFL. I don't know if you caught that guys or not, but uh, supposedly attributed to Ryan Williams. So I'm just wondering, you know, with Tim Thorne, a uh, person that you know, will attract uh, and keep the, the wide receivers that, they, that we're going after, the four and five stars. Yeah. I, I- I think that if Ryan Williams is saying that, if he wants an NFL quarterback, he's not worried about Peyton Thorne so much. Thorne's going to be – wide receivers worried about the future coming to Auburn are not really worried about having to catch passes from Peyton Thorne. He's going to be here next year, and then he's out of eligibility. It will either be Holden Gurner or Walker White or you know a, a, a new guy. Uh, but I, I don't think that Peyton Thorne being in his last year of eligibility is going to turn too many – college too many high school seniors away see we got to get uh, get going here because we only got a few minutes left in the show all right then i'll leave it this fun quote i thought it was funny uh the person who said this uh, I, I forgot about it is richard mendenhall and apparently he was making a comment about the NFL analysts i don't know if you caught it guys and the quote was this i'm sick of having white guys commenting on football y'all not even good at football can we please replace a Pro Bowl with an, hold on, all-black versus all-white bowl so these cats can stop trying to teach me who's good at football. I'm better than your goat, end of quote. Did you guys read that quote? I did. Or see it? Yeah, I did. Yeah. I thought that was hilarious. And then, of course, uh, Houston, Texas, uh, A.J. Watts uh, said in response, we can get cooked at corner, not going to lie. Nobody on Rascal has covered Tariq Hill. Yeah. Oh, uh, I, I thought that was hilarious. All right, guys, that's all I got. Hey, thank you for your time as always. Uh, y'all have a safe afternoon and evening, and uh, we'll give it another shot tomorrow. Until then, Warrior, guys. Warrior, see, appreciate that phone call. That is Retire Ward AM Steve joining us on the Orthopedic Clinic phone line. We have time for one more timeout after this. Best and worst of the weekend. Nightly TV Guide will wrap things up on this shortened edition of the show as Borgard High School basketball comes on these airwaves in about a half hour. You're listening to the Monday edition of Sports Call on Tiger 95.9.
another way to listen to our show? Be sure to download the Tiger Communications app and listen to Sports Call wherever you go. This is former Auburn football player Danny Skutak, and you are listening to the Abbey Award-winning Sports Call Auburn. Welcome back to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. Ryan LaVoy, Brent Dontry with you here on this Monday. Another 10 or so minutes with you here on this Monday as we get set for Borgard High School basketball. Again, that will be the case today and tomorrow. So, again, about an hour and a half shows today and tomorrow. And we're about to wrap this thing up here in a few minutes. Again, reminder for our holiday schedule next week. Well, no schedule or no – there is a schedule. There is that there's no show. Uh <laughs> on next Monday, which is, of course, Christmas. And then on Tuesday, we'll be having a best-of show. Uh, so, again, you'll hear some selected segments, interviews, that sort of thing from the past couple months of Sports Call. Uh, and then I guess we can go ahead. I'll go a step further. The next Monday will be New Year's. There will not be a show on that day either, and then we'll be back on that Tuesday. And there will be a lot to discuss on that Tuesday because uh, Auburn's bowl game will have happened and the playoffs will have started with the four-team playoff having the semifinal game. So there will be a lot on that Tuesday show. But, again, that's a couple weeks away. Uh, again, starting to wind down this Monday edition of the program. Uh, didn't really get much into bowl season, but there was a full slate this past Saturday, some fun games. Brady, did you watch a lot of uh, the bowl games on Saturday? Uh, I, I Kind of out of the corner of my eye. I was not paying full attention to every single one, but I, I did try to pay some attention to every one. Yeah, there was a few – few really close ones um really good stuff from jacksonville state to win uh in their maiden voyage in the mps good for them uh there was that uh ucla boise game that boise kind of controlled the first half ucla took control in the second there was an absolute monsoon going on in orlando Mm -hmm. uh between uh miami of ohio and app app state i believe uh where it just poured and poured there was kind of a (laughs) surprise little tropical system that hit florida this weekend (laughs) And it it's never part, got part to of living in Orlando. Yeah, and it never got the tropical storm stats or anything. That's why you probably didn't hear much about it. But I mean, it just dumped buckets in the state of Florida on Saturday, and uh, Orlando, <laughs> the, like the paint was washing off. You can see UCF <laughs> stuff coming coming back into the focus, and and it, it was just it was a mess, an absolute mess. But uh, hey, you you love wonky stuff like that. That's why bowl season's still awesome even in some of these smaller matchups, because you just never know the absurdities. We might be watching something absurd right now uh, in the Bahamas Bowl in Charlotte, uh, where you have a, a a situation where West Kentucky's on their third quarterback because Austin Reed didn't play the game. They're down 21 nothing, turning the ball over left and right. Maybe it was 28 nothing, or maybe it was just 28-7. I don't exactly remember. I think, I think that's right. Uh, but at least a 21-point game on two different occasions, and now they've got the ball back down seven. 
Again, bowl, bowl season, great season. Absolutely love it. few minutes left here in this Monday edition of the program. Let's get to something we do each and every Monday. Time for best and worst. Now time for the best. Woohoo! And worst. No! 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 Of the weekend. All right, Brent, let's uh, let's start off best or worst, whichever way you want to lean. Uh, I ha- I'm going to start out with worst, mostly because I have to think about my best a little bit. I'm going to say that my worst was the play of my favorite NFL team, the Atlanta Falcons, over the weekend. They played the 1-12 and Carolina Panthers in Charlotte, much like in Orlando. It was an absolute monsoon in North Carolina. And uh, the Falcons, uh, a team that has not been great but has hovered around 500 for most of the season, uh, went up to Charlotte and scored all of seven points and lost the game. They... This is the, I think, the third or fourth game this year that Atlanta's defense has given up no touchdowns, and they have still, they have won every other game in which that's been the case, but all of them have been close, and uh, just a, just a poor performance from Atlanta, especially on offense. And you've got an offensive head coach, you've got a quarterback you said you were handing the keys to. Uh, and it's just been a disappointment of a season from Atlanta, especially when there was optimism coming into this year. Yeah, I I certainly understand. That was uh, uh, something of a game. Uh, that was also a <laughs> monsoon. Uh, the it was. aforementioned tropical system made its way up in the Carolinas. It and was an absolute flood, and it was a punt party in the rain. Yes, it was. Uh, that's how hard it rained in Tampa on me, JJ, and Christian when we went there for the tight uh, for the Panthers game. Ironically enough, the Panthers. However, <laughs> it stopped after about a half hour. It did not go for three solid hours. Yeah, so. it was it was the whole game. Yeah, it was. It, it was a slot fest. Uh, my worst of the weekend is just the kind of narrative that continues nationally that kind of overlooks that Auburn does have a good basketball program. It's not necessarily even just the top 25 bit of it. Again, that can be played out over time. That's not really the where my ire is being drawn. It was the Yahoo Sports uh, article, tweet, post, whatever, uh, talking about Auburn uh, student section being lined up. Look at all these people lined up for Bronny James. It's like, okay, well, that is certainly a part of it. However, Auburn does this for Kentucky. They do it for Alabama. They do it for any top 25 game, Arkansas, uh, Tennessee, whoever. Like, yes, there is an inherent draw with the name Bronny James, but you have a photo like that every single year for like the last seven or eight years. And most of those years, four, five, six times that that happens. Like, again, I get it. It's part of it. Auburn fills its student section up every game unless it's like December 27th or January 2nd against like Chattanooga or something. The student section is always full. There is an SEC play. uh, About four out of every five games is full. Uh, if you have a midweek 8 o'clock game against like Mississippi State, it might not be full, but any other time it is, certainly on the weekends it is. Like Again, this is what Auburn has become. This is not 2011 anymore for Auburn basketball. Uh, and again, it's a little unfortunate there just continues to be this lack of awareness that Auburn basketball has become a good program all the way around. Uh, will it be after Bruce Pearl? Who the heck knows? I don't know. Bruce Pearl has is, is done done wonderful things that had not been done since Sonny Smith and maybe a couple years sprinkled into Cliff Ellis. But the consistency of it, at least, since, since Sonny Smith. And so, again, I, I wish that people would kind of acknowledge that Auburn does this more than just one particular name or one particular team. There was the whole stuff last year that, oh, look at all these people to see Kentucky. Yeah, okay, well, they also do it against Alabama. They do it against Georgia. They do it against top 25 teams. Again, the list goes on and on. So I'm getting a little perturbed about it. That's why it's my worst. 
again, I understand Bronny certainly was part of it. Certainly why a lot of kids came back for it. I get it. But also understand that Auburn does that several times a year. That is not just a, a USC draw. Best of the weekend. My best of the weekend is going to be related to Auburn basketball. For me, it's going to be the attendance at the basketball game. Uh, I, I Classes are currently not in session. Students do not have to be on campus. Um, it is still the middle of winter break, and for that, I am grateful because I needed it. But um, it, it, the fact that you were still able to fill the arena the way you were, uh, the fact that the student section was as loud, as rowdy, as tuned into the game as they were, uh, I think, like you said, speaks to a lot of how far Auburn basketball has come as a program. It is a legitimate big-time basketball program at this point, and the fans show up and show out, especially the students. Who, For me, the fact that they don't have to be on campus and they are choosing to be anyway is a big deal. Yeah, absolutely. And again, I I think it, the I think the line started forming at like four thirty in the morning. Yeah, it was and brutal. I even remember doing some of that as a student, and I was not even the, the best Bruce Pearl years. The fourth year I was a student was the first SEC title, the regular season title. Hmm. Uh, but I remember again, I, I there was an Auburn Colorado game. It's like I guess it was SEC Big Twelve Challenge. I guess uh, back when Colorado no, because the Colorado was still in the pack was was in the Pac twelve. Then I don't know. There was a random Colorado game. <laughs> when school was in session at like three o'clock and I had a class that got out at like three fifteen, and so it got out a little early that day got out about three so I come hightailing it in I got there about two minutes after tip time it was like 17 18 minutes left oh brother I had no room in that student section I was sent straight to the standing room only and again that was <laughs> that was not one of the good Auburn teams that was against Colorado, who is not some great draw in the sport of basketball. And so, again, this this stuff has been going on for a while, but but certainly was, was taken to a great level against USC and, as you said, was uh, a great sight to see. I don't, uh, I don't know how much time we have left, so like, let's be – About three, four minutes. Yeah. Okay. Is it weird to you that LeBron James Jr. is the biggest draw with USC? Because they have two players that are better than he is, at least, or, or – definitely going to be higher picks than he is in this year's NBA draft if he enters the draft at all. He's coming off the bench right now. He, he is not a starter. He is not a major contributor for this team. I understand the name LeBron James Jr. Right. is carrying a lot of weight, but right yeah. now it's kind of carrying all the weight. It's 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 name and media influence, and I, I could get into a, a longer spiel about it, but you kind of get trained to different things on what's important to certain people. And if – what's important to people is the name LeBron James Jr. And that's going to be kind of touted. Then you kind of lose sight of what actually might be more important basketball wise, which is USC has the potential number one pick in the draft. Yeah. And so again, it's just kind of, it's a whole kind of system deal, which again, I could get into a way bigger thought on and a way bigger opinion piece on, but I will just say that again, it is, it is, kind of media social media stuff influenced and name recognition and that right. sort of thing um my best of the weekend again is going to be the just totality of everything going on sports wise i thought about too just singling out something like jacksonville state being a great story by winning uh their their first ever bowl game uh, in their first year in the fps so that's certainly a part of it but just that we had a really busy weekend and there are very few times where i almost get confused about when something is or what else is on but having three nfl games on saturday having big time college basketball games uh, and having seven bowl games that was a nice little uh, smorgasbord there uh, of athletics 
and and enjoy, I, I had I, I'm borrowing. I'll take you inside baseball. I'm borrowing a third TV from JJ right now. <laughs> it's a very little one. It just fits kind of on like the kitchen counter. It was nice. running all day Saturday, all day. Uh, so just best is still having a lot of things to enjoy right now. Uh, and then certainly even extending into Sunday with the NFL plus the Auburn game and uh, just big time, big time stuff for sure. I'll give you a bonus, small little worst is streaming platforms taking big games. I don't know if you're aware of this on college basketball on Saturday. Number one uh, at the time, Arizona, now it's number one Purdue, but number one Arizona versus number three Purdue was on Peacock. Ooh. Did not watch a second of it Ooh. and certainly would have. But was not subscribing to Peacock. For that it. sucks. So uh, yeah. Now, uh, granted, it did not. I think come down the wire. I think the score was a little closer than the actual game flow itself. But yeah, don't want that to become a norm. Uh, I'll tell you that for nothing. So that was a little disappointing. But that that withstanding still was the best of the weekend to have. Uh, so much good stuff on TV. Final minute or so of this shortened edition of Sports Call. Time for a real quick nightly TV guide. Our show is about to end, but we've got you covered on entertainment for the evening. Here's Sports Call's Nightly TV Guide. Sports Call's Nightly TV Guide presented by White Claw Hard Seltzer. Tonight, you've got the National Football League, Monday Night Football. That's a good one. Philadelphia Eagles at the Seattle Seahawks. Very important for Seattle's wild card chances. Philadelphia, Jalen Hurts was feeling sick over the weekend. I'm not sure his updated status. I know Geno Smith is questionable. The quarterback quarterback injuries and absences just continue, but that's 7.15 on ESPN. And then you got movie picks tonight, 6.30 on Paramount. It's The Wolf of Wall Street. Does Paramount bleep the cussing? It'll be a different movie Paramount, if they do. Uh, Paramount. Just Paramount Network, uh, yeah. Probably. Uh, yeah, I think I think they do, okay. yeah. All right, well, that movie Very will be different. Very different experience yes, when that be. movie's censored. I watched that movie for the first time about a month and a half ago. Yeah, uh, and if you're watching it and you think that the TV got muted at some points, no, it's it's fine. <laughs> it's fine. Just carry on, I promise. 6.45 on TNT. It's a Christmas story, 7 o'clock Banger. on AMC. It's Elf. I think Elf has been on the TV guide almost every single night in December. <laughs> I might just not read it one time just to mix it up. We'll see. Uh, and then 7 p.m. on FX, it's Captain Marvel. And that is Sports Call's Nightly TV Guide presented by White Claw Hard Seltzer. And that is it for this shortened edition of the show. Brent Dontry, thank you for being here on this Monday. And uh, we'll see you again possibly later this week. But if not, I hope you have a very Merry Christmas, sir. Thank you for having me. Merry Christmas. Uh, that will do it for the show today. Again, reminder that we have another short show coming up tomorrow. And again, that is all due to Borgard High School basketball as they'll be in action here in just a few minutes. 5 o'clock tip time, air time in about 10 minutes right here on Tiger 95.9. As always, we appreciate all those that tuned in and called in. For Brant Dontry, my name is Ryan LeBoy. Have a great Monday night, and we'll talk to you again tomorrow.